tighten up. You listening to Two Tone Uncensored. One for the Titans, two tone of sensor. Three to get ready, bring your pressure like a blitzer. Four hour reports, Brian, Matt, and Glenn give you. Five stay tuned, ain't gonna be no doubt. This for all the fans sitting up in the bleachers. If we ain't there, then we're coming through your speakers. Two tone of sensor, aka the teachers. Sit back, relaxing, you'll come up, believe us. Marcus throwing bombs, touch down, two receivers. He can chuck it down the field, if I can run up a future. TTU number one, get it done on the weekly. Better tighten up, cause we got work to do this season. Hey, this is Drew Bennett, and you're listening to Two Tone Uncensored. You're listening to Two Tone Uncensored, the best damn Titans podcast out there. I'm your host, Ron Moreland, with me. As always tonight, Matt Necrone and Matt, now that Watson is starting, do we have to worry about your loyalties? I don't think I'm going to be rocking any Watson jersey anytime soon. All right, well, that's good to hear. However, I'm not rooting against him. I'd like him to play extremely well and barely lose every game. (laughs) (laughs) Also with me, um, Glenn... And just because I haven't called you in way too long, Hollywood Lotzenheiser, what's up, Glenn? Oh, man, it is rough living the life of a star. I'm looking down on everybody. Just sit, sit here. <laughs> and, I'm just taking in my empire. Just looking down there at him. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we have a really big show, obviously, going to cover what happened this week. Looking forward to what's going to happen next week. But before we jump in, I just thought we'd say, Today is LaShawn Sims' birthday, uh, Titans cornerback, so happy birthday to LaShawn Sims, and let's jump into it, guys. Getting into the mailbag here, first question from John Bowman. How close is Derrick Henry to becoming the starter on this team? I don't think he's very close, unless uh, DeMarco has an injury. I know he's tweaked the hammy a little bit. I think it's a separate issue from what he's had. But, I mean, everyone is kind of on the hype train with Derrick Henry and he played great. It was good to see, but he's not in a state where he's going to go ahead and take over that job and just put DeMarco on the bench. That's, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, that was my answer too. He's an injury away. That's all that matters. He's not going to have that spot anytime real soon, unless DeMarco just gets hurt and goes down for a while. I agree with you guys. The only thing I would add is I think he did earn himself some more reps. He's not a starter, but he's earned himself some more carries because he did play a really good um, game. You know, Murdy ended up going out, and we you know found that he had the, a little bit of problems uh, injury-wise. Nothing too big to worry about, but that I think had a lot of was a big impact on why he didn't play as well. But I think you're going to get back. You know, he's going to get back, he's going to be healthy, and we're going to see, you know, the DeMarco Murray that we're used to seeing. But, I mean, Derrick Henry earned himself a couple more reps. He definitely impressed this week. Oh, he um, absolutely did. Which rookie has impressed you the most so far this season? By far, Jayon Brown. That dude is good. He's impressed me immensely. The, the kid is uh, probably going to be in our starting rotation by the end of the year, and I think he's going to stay there for a while. If by starting rotation you mean our two tight end sets, yes. Uh, he's not going to replace Delaney Walker. But, you know, I'll, I'll go in the other direction. I'll go to defense. Hey, I'll say, hey, Brown, hey. not, not Johnny. Yeah, bro. He plays Check on the defense. Check your shit at the door. <laughs> Fuck me. Go back to your <laughs> hole. Yeah, no shit. All right, well, we'll just ignore all that. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to stick on that side of the ball, and just to be different, I'm going to say Dory Jackson. I think he's done a pretty good job of holding his own against uh, starting wide receivers thus far. He's got a long ways to go, obviously, but I was worried that he wouldn't be able to stick to guys this well because I was worried about his footwork and things like that. And I'm really impressed with his ability to step out there and be a starter, particularly in a secondary that bad. Somebody's got to show up and play. I was going to go with Adoy Jackson, too. Um, not to take anything away from Jayon Brown, because I think he's done excellent so far this season, but what I expected out of Dory and what I've gotten is, is a definitely a nice step up. He's played very well. In this game, you know, he had a lot of uh, slants that went against him that were easy catches to make, but he was always there to make the tackle right after the catch was made. He never let any plays break. So... You know, even though in man coverage he should be trying to make a play on the ball, at least he wasn't giving up big gains. And, you know, obviously, as we can saw this week, it never really hurt us too bad. So, you know, he, he's definitely impressed me. He's, he's a guy that, like Glenn said, has a long way to go, but has looked very good so far in his young career. There's a lot of guys. Are both receivers. Taewon Taylor definitely deserves a mention. Corey Davis deserves a mention. We haven't seen a lot of them yet, but Taewon Taylor has impressed me probably third in line right after uh, Brown and Adoree. But <clears throat> I think we're, we're honestly, a lot of these draft picks are, are really cashing in, and I think we're going to see that this season and, you know, for the next few years. It might be just because this week is, is so recent, but um, we didn't see a lot of, of Davis, so that did drop him down my list a little bit too. But he did have a really impressive game one, you know, to start the season the leading targeted guy, you know, he led the team in receiving. That was an impressive game. And he came back in after tweaking his Lego. So I, I was glad to see him get back out there and keep playing in the game. It's all about how we, you know, plan to attack whoever we're playing that week. We don't need to see Corey Davis get 10 targets a week if we're running down somebody's throat. It, it's all good. We're going to spread the ball out when we need to, but it all depends on what kind of game we're playing. I honestly would much prefer if we just ran the ball down people's throats all day long because I'm much happier with that style of offense with our defense. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. Um, And it's something we'll probably talk about later in the show. But let's move on to the next question here, guys. Anthony Norman asks this one. Why does Marcus Mariota look so out of rhythm? I don't think it's injury-related. I just don't think he's in tune yet. And... I think he'll get better. I'm definitely 100% behind him, but he, he needs to clean up some of these mistakes he's making. You know, we added three receivers and a tight end to his uh, weapons list this offseason, and he didn't get to play a full game with any of them. So I think that's probably what it is more than anything else. Is He doesn't have that complete trust that his guys are going to be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. So I think he's doing a little too much looking around right now trying to make sure people are where they're supposed to be. When he's checking the routes. He can't just glance and know that that guy's going to be there. So I, I think it's just that's throwing off his timing, and it's, he's just not synced up with his guys yet. I believe it's going to resolve itself here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I had a two-part answer, and Glenn, you took the first part there. A lot of new weapons, a lot of new guys to get in rhythm with. The second part for me, I think, has to do with expectations. You know, as a fan base, we expect him to do a lot this year. And I think those expectations are realistic. I don't think you know anybody's going way overboard. Uh, but that kind of drives you to expect not Marcus Mariota from last year, but you're expecting Marcus Mariota the way you saw him in your mind. So you're expecting more of him than he's shown us before. Also, I think uh, you know has a little bit to do with it. But I, I don't think it's an, an issue. I don't think it's we're going to be talking about this even in two weeks. 
I think Marcus is going to get rhythm with those guys, you know, that, that Glenn was just talking about, and, and we'll move on and we'll be just fine. I remember before the season started, my main concern with him was the fact that he may dwell on this injury talk and, you know, make that a part of, of the season. But so far, he hasn't shown any of that. I haven't even heard any of that lately, so... Yeah, one of the bonuses of starting the season has been the end of that talk. You know, they they brought it up at the start of that Raiders game, and then it'll end now as long as he does stay healthy um, because it was getting old hearing it, to be honest. Uh, but let's move one guys, out of the mailbag. And if you want to send in a mailbag question, we put the post up every Sunday right after the game. On Sunday night, we put the mailbag questions up, so you can ask your questions on our Facebook page at Two-Tone Uncensored. Uh, we also normally share them. We didn't this week, and that was my fault, but we normally share them in uh, the Tennessee Titans Uncensored Facebook fan page. So join that if you're interested in getting your questions answered on air. Let's move on, guys, to the AFC South. Um, we had two games, obviously, since we played the Jaguars out there in the AFC South. First one up here, the Colts and the Cardinals. Colts led this game almost the entire game up until the very end of it. And they looked better this this week, obviously, after getting blown out by the Rams and almost pulled off this win. Does this change your opinion of the Colts without Andrew Luck at all? Not really. I still think that Scott Tolzien was a main reason they got their ass whooped by the Rams. But Brissett is an average quarterback. I think he's definitely an upgrade. But the Colts are the Colts. I mean, um, the one thing I, I noticed while watching that briefly, Malik Hooker, you know, he had his interception. It was impressive that game. But the Colts are the Colts. Um, they're 0 2. Let's hope for 0 3, 0 4, 0 5. Andrew Luck's nowhere in sight. They're not even talking about a timetable for him. Like Glenn said before, let's see him get shut down. And um, I expect that to happen almost at some point. When you, when you get past week seven or eight, maybe, if he's still not on the field, what are you really playing for? Yeah, his streak of game started is over, so you know you can forget about that. Is anybody in football unhappier than Jacoby Brissett? He got the uh, trade to a shit team deal from the uh, Patriots again this year. Once a year, they, they banish somebody to a team where you're not going to win shit, and they are definitely in the fight for that first pick in the draft. Uh, you know, J- Jacoby's got probably more ability than Tolzien, but it just it doesn't make enough of a difference. They're still the crappiest team in football. I think the Jets have a better ground game uh, than the Colts do. The Colts don't have a defense for crap. They're about as bad as you're going to get. You know, Andrew Luck is the only person who can make that team competitive as far as you know someone who's available to them. This Colts team, uh, it doesn't change my opinion of them. It does. It changes more my opinion of the Cardinals than it did the Colts this week. And I, you know, I really expected this Cardinals team to handle them a lot better than they did. And they snuck out with a win, but, I mean, they barely got that win. Uh, the Colts are still going to be bad. Jacoby Brissett's still, you know, like Matt was saying, a below-average quarterback. Uh, you know, this roster's not built to win unless you have a fantastic quarterback. And, Glenn, you've said it a million times on this show. And, I mean, at this point, you got to think that you're right on this, and that's that they should just set Andrew Luck the entire season, get him at 100%, get that early draft pick, and start playing for next year. Um, but, yeah, the, it doesn't change my opinion of the Colts. I still think they're going to be in the running for a top-five pick. Before we move on to the Texans here, the Colts next week will be at uh, Cleveland. Do you think this is going to be the first game we see Cleveland win this season? 
Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a good matchup, really. I don't even know who the quarterback will be for Cleveland. I know Deshaun Kaiser left the game with headache, so... And I think they went to Kevin Hogan before they went to Cody Kessler, who I actually like. And, and he halfway lit us up last time we played him. <laughs> Cody Kessler did. So I don't know what's going on with that, but whoever their quarterback is, I think they have a better roster than the Colts. I'm obviously rooting for him, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think that the Browns will get that win, and we'll see the Colts drop to 0-3. But let's move on to the Texans here, who did get their first win of the season. They played a Cincinnati team that's really been struggling, a terrible offensive line, not able to do much on offense, not nearly as good on defense as they normally have been in recent years. And the Texans go in and win barely, you know, in a 13-9 to win. How bad is this Houston team this year? Pretty bad. It was Deshaun's birthday when they played that game, so I'm not incredibly upset they won. But... Uh, enough of my love affair with Deshaun. We're, uh, the Bengals, man, I, they have zero offense. I don't know what's going on with them. Obviously, they, they fired the offensive coordinator, brought some other guy in, and hopes, hopefully they, they turn it around for their sake. But Texans, man, they uh, other than that one amazing run Watson pulled off, they had nothing. And I'm talking about nothing. Now, granted, the Bengals do have a decent defense, uh, but it, it looks bad for both of those teams. Yeah, the, the Texans are awful. Their offensive line is awful. They can't protect their quarterback. Their quarterbacks, you know, Savage can't play. And Watson is not the guy that this team is used to playing with. They're used to having guys stand back there and, you know, be a statue in the pocket. So it's going to take a while for this team to gel and get any better. The Bengals, th- there's no excuse for how bad they are. Firing their offensive coordinators, just buying Marvin Lewis some time. He's going to probably be fired by week eight. If they can't put this shit together, there's no excuse for how bad the Bengals are, and their offensive line is crap, too. Deshaun Watson eerily reminds me of how Vince Young started in the league. Don't put that on him, man. That's not nice. <laughs> no, put <laughs> it on him. You he plays for him. a division rival. <laughs> Don't you put know, that on but... Ricky Bobby. <laughs> R- Ricky Bobby wouldn't put that on him. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a team uh, that is struggling. The offense is not doing much and and Watson did make some plays here and there Uh, obviously the big run for a touchdown was one of the big moments of this game probably the only big moment of this game uh, to be honest but yeah this is a team that's going to struggle the whole year this is a team going into the season that I thought was going to struggle and I've said that on the show and I wanted to bring that up guys at the beginning of the year I thought Andrew Luck was going to be back I thought that they were playing it close to chess and obviously that didn't happen so I thought the Colts were going to be the team to beat um, Matt, if you you said the Texans were going to be the team to beat out outside of the Titans, obviously, and then if I'm not Still mistaken, uh, Glenn, you said the Jaguars are the the team to beat in the division. It's would you guys? I know I would obviously change my pick now, and uh, Matt, it sounds like you wouldn't. Um, but would you guys change that pick now? Is there another team that you think is going to be outside of the Titans, the team to watch in the AFC South? No, for me, it's still the Texans, even though the state they're in. I think the Colts, I would downgrade them, obviously, with no Andrew Luck. I don't think anybody anticipated him being out the whole whole year. But the Jags are still the Jags. I mean, on paper, yeah, they look good. Yeah, they blew Houston out week one. But I think by the time shit gets real in this division, the Texans are going to be better than the Jags. 
I, I can't change mine either. I still have to stick with the Jaguars. Uh, this is, you know, we, last year we played them and we broke their wheel the first time we played them. And the second time we didn't even show up for the game and we got Marcus's leg broke. So that that's kind of the trend with the Jaguars is we always seem to split the series. The Jaguars are obviously going to kill the Colts, or they should. I think their defense is about on par with what uh, Houston's got. And if they can get some kind of a balance between their pass game and their run game, they have the opportunity to, you know, at least split with Houston, but possibly they could end up, you know, running the series on Houston this year because they've already won the first one. So for me in this division, the Jaguars are still the other team as far as within the division goes. Now at the end of the year, the Jaguars and the Texans are probably still right about the same level. Um, as far as total wins and losses. But of the two, I think the Jaguars had the most potential if they can just make it less about Blake Bortles being able to throw the ball and get Leonard Fournette and uh, Chris Ivory going more. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. It um, Obviously, it's going to change my pick because the Colts without Andrew Luck, uh, I thought Andrew Luck would be back faster than he obviously is going to be. Um, without him, they are one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Um, it is it is really close between these two teams, the Jags and the Texans. You know, I mean, you can look and I think the Jaguars' defense might be a touch better. You know, and the Jags do have, I think, a better running game if, once they get it going, but they also have less weapons on the outside. Quarterbacks, I mean, really, if you're being honest, it's a toss-up. I mean, you know, the, none of, neither team has at least Jackson or Houston. I mean, has some promise. You know that Deshaun Watson might be good one day. I think we've seen what we've gonna what we're going to see from Blake Bortles. Yes, I mean it's tough to pick between the two. I think I might pick the Jags, and just because, like you said, Glenn, the worst they can do is tie the series. You cut out completely there. I'm sorry. I, I think I might agree with you there, Glenn, and pick the Jags if I had to pick one, just because um, the worst they can do is split the series uh, with the Texans right now after getting that Week One win. Um, They're all comparable. Exactly. What I was going to say is, after seeing these teams play, there's absolutely no reason at all why this Texan or why this Titans team shouldn't run away with this division. Yeah, like I just said, they're they're all comparable. I don't think they we should have a an easy three to four game lead on these teams, and they should all be right around each other by the end of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, if Andrew Luck doesn't come back, the the Colts are out of the conversation altogether, and the other two teams are just trying to catch up with the Titans. Let's just say the Colts, hell, I don't know, by week eight go two and six. You know Andrew Luck wants to play, but why bring him back at that point? And if he does come back and starts winning games, I think that's too far of a hole. I don't think they're going to – he's not going to go on a run and just win games from the door. Yeah, At that point, you're not going to make the wild card even, and all you're doing is costing yourself draft picks. Well, their front office is known to, uh, you know, like the nose candy, so you never know what they're going to do up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to guess what they are <laughs> exactly. going to do. I'm just saying what they should do. No, you're right. I mean, you're 100% right. I, I definitely think – I think there's a gap between the Colts, um, especially until Andrew Luck comes back. There's a decent gap between the Colts and where Houston and Jacksonville are. And then I think there's another decent gap between where they are and – where the Titans are right now, but that's nice. It's a nice feeling to have that you're so far superior uh, than the rest of your division. 
But with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to look forward to this Week 3 matchup with the Seattle Seahawks and give our analysis and our predictions. We'll be right back. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about. Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necrone. If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, then this is where you need to be. And you can help me shit talk to crackheads. Because nobody likes crackheads. That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. You're listening to Two Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean. What up, Two Tone Nation? It's your boy Morocco, aka Morakpo, and you're listening to Two Tone Uncensored. Tighten up. And we're back from the commercial break. Let's jump into this Jags game, guys. Obviously, started pretty slow, it was pretty close at halftime, and then we exploded. In the second half, ended up winning this game 37-16 to over the Jaguars. What are some positive takeaways that you guys had from this game? My positive takeaway would be that we broke their will. Uh, it was obvious that they came into this game thinking that they were really good because the way they handled the Texans. And then they realized that it wasn't going to be that easy, and they gave up. Once we put that first touchdown in there, they were done. And so that's what I want to see next time we play them instead of that, well, we kicked their ass last time, let's not show up. Yeah, every single time we play the Jags, I want Jalen Ramsey to cry, and I'm pretty sure he will, but I just want to make sure (laughs) it happens. That was my favorite thing. That's my favorite part of the whole rivalry is Henry running over Ramsey. He just, like, he looks for him. And after that little bitch uh, personal foul he put on Delaney running out, out of the end zone after his touchdown. Yep. I just wanted them to just give Henry the ball and tell him go find Ramsey for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> just go look him up. Rest of the game, beat his ass. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, we we owed them a beating, and we definitely served it to them. The The score doesn't really reflect how the game was. 30-3 to three at one point, game over. You can say they scored 16 points, but it didn't fucking matter. It felt good. I mean, that first half was pretty bad. We we kept getting in our own way. I noticed Jack Conklin kept getting penalties. Um, just a real slow half in general. But, you know, our defense held, and that, that was the main thing. We just needed to stay patient, and that's what we did. And then by, you know, the third quarter, nothing could go wrong. I mean, it was beautiful. Well, Hockley's crew is known for blowing up linemen. I mean, they're always looking for those hands to the face and shit like that. Yeah, Hockley has a reputation of uh, of taking over games, um, and he threw a lot of flags in this one on both sides. But, you know, positive, Derrick Henry has to be mentioned. I mean, he had a, a big game, and again, like, it's every time he faces Jalen Ramsey, he just punks him out, and it's, it is beautiful. It's poetry. But he had a really big game in this. It was nice to see from him. Also, the defense... Um, and this was, you know, the offense, it took them to the second half to figure out how to get things done. And we did in a big way, but this defense played well from start to finish. We gave up a field goal 
on the very first drive. And then 11 drives, you know, we gave up a field goal, and like something like five or six, three and outs, three turnovers. I mean, just played really spectacular. You know, there was a stretch where they had, I believe, four drives in a row without a first down. I mean, it was just unbelievably well the way we played. And then the two touchdowns that we gave up, just like Matt said, were garbage time. You know, we were playing prevent defense anyways. So, you know, we weren't care- we didn't care if they scored or not because the game was already in hand. So, you know, big hats off to the defense. Really did an excellent job this week from start to finish. You know, it's funny that you say that because one of the observations I had from this game is that Blake Bortles really is a shit quarterback. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> they, definitely true. They, they had guys – they had in man coverage – we got beat consistently by the running backs. We couldn't cover them. The tight end kept running free. He just couldn't hit anybody or he wasn't even looking at them. In zone play, guys were able to get into the zones or you know have wide open spots. It's just Blake Bortles sucks so much as a quarterback. He can't hit them. He throws them out of bounds or else he just doesn't even see that they're out there. So I, I was less impressed with our defense because of Blake Bortles. I think that with a better quarterback, that could have been a, a different second half. The interceptions, both of them were on tip balls. It wasn't coverage interceptions. So th- those kind of suggest that the secondary is playing better than it was. The defense was still in question to me. It's just Blake Bortles lost them that game again. I mean, that's yeah. definitely uh, like definitely a big part of it was how bad Blake Bortles played. But, you know, we really teed off against the running game. I thought we tackled a lot better uh, outside of our At secondary. <laughs> outside of our secondary. You know, there's an asterisk there. Um our linebackers, I, I thought, tackled very well in this game. I didn't. I don't think I saw wrote down one note about a linebacker uh, tackling bad, but several notes in here. You know, Adoree had one play where he caught Leonard Fournette in the backfield, dropped him. I think for like a loss of two, which is a great play. But he wrapped him up around the shoelaces and waited for someone to come knock him down. I mean, I, I just want to see these guys in the secondary make some plays. There was one play. Where uh, where Bayard, you know, completely has the angle, jumps to the ground and tries to wrap up Fournette's ankles, doesn't do it, and Fournette gets another three, four yards out of it. The, and, it's, and it's not just one or two guys; it's everybody in the secondary doesn't break down, doesn't tackle people. They you know they just try to get away with these business decisions. They try to get away with these really terrible ankle biter tackles, or try to tackle them up around the the shoulder pads. The, and, you know, the entire secondary did it. It's something that I definitely noticed in this. I don't want Adoree Jackson squaring up with Leonard Fournette. I'm perfectly okay with him grabbing him by the ankles and waiting for somebody to clean it up. That dude is, you know, he's 185 pounds. I don't, I don't know what Fournette is, but he's definitely he's a lot bigger. Yeah, so <laughs> and we, we don't need him making the tackles. We need him defending the balls in the air and returning kicks, and which definitely needs to be talked about because he made two great returns. Yeah, I had the same observation, Matt. I was like, I don't want Adoree Jackson, you know, our only cornerback with any real promise, trying to make a uh, up body or even a knee tackle on a guy like Leonard Fournette. The, the safeties, they got to get in there. You know, Ryan's not wrong about that. But at the same time, we were short, you know, in, in the secondary too with Cyprian out. Our secondary shouldn't be the guys trying to bring down a guy like Fournette because that's a big old boy back there. That, that's like, that's how you end up getting Jalen Ramsey to. When a defensive back goes to tackle somebody like a Henry or a Leonard Fournette, that's when you get turned out into a punk and you get crushed trying to make a tackle. So that they've got to go low. It shouldn't come to that. I wanted to see a little bit better flow from our linebackers. If you have Leonard Fournette running downhill at you and he's got 
forty pounds on you, you you'd go low too. I agree um, for the most part. On that play with the Dory Jackson, though, he had no steam behind him. It was, you know, a toss to the flat. He had no momentum, and he still dove and just wrapped up his feet. That's a tackle that you need to hit him in the thighs. There's no momentum He, he might have got a forearm shiver and gone flying, though. He, well, I mean, he hit him as soon as the ball came. He would have got a forearm shiver. No matter where. He could have just stepped over him if he had time. You need to at least try to pop him there, like, more than just that. Because if they convert there, it's a first down. You know, then that drive continues. Another thing, though, to add on to what you were saying about Blake Bortles sucking is they had a lot of penalties that ended up killing their drives in this as well, which really helped out our defense. A lot of illegal hands to the face, which was something that you mentioned. A lot of holding calls. You know, a lot of stupid penalties that really hurt Jacksonville. You know, they did damage us as well, but it stalled quite a few Jacksonville drives. It was nice to see that on the other side of the field for once. You're not wrong there. Um, but, you know, we're, we started talking about negatives, but uh, now I'll throw out my the negatives that I had. Uh, Murray's ineffectiveness, which, you know, I, I think you lends to um, the injury that he had. But, it, you know, it, that really hurt the beginning of the game. It was hard to get momentum going, um, you know, when we couldn't get uh, Murray going. Uh, and then the penalties on the offensive line. And, you know, I think Lawan had one. Klein had one, but Conklin had three, so it's really on Conklin. Um, you know, I said it in the group while we were talking, watching the game. I was like, this is the first time that we've ever seen Conklin look like a rookie. Because even last year, the entire year, he definitely didn't look like a rookie. It was the first game I've watched that I was like, man, he does he does look like a rookie. Um, something you definitely need to work on, though. You know, some of those, like one in particular, and I believe it was the one where he got illegal hands to the face, killed our drive. That's something that you know we obviously cannot have um, in games where it's closer. This one didn't matter as much, but in games when it's closer, you cannot have those drive-killing penalties. Very good game for the Tennessee Titans. Big win, getting our first win of the season, first division win of the season. So let's go ahead and look forward to week three against Seattle. Um, and we're going to do our breakdowns like we do each and every week. And I'm going to start here with our offense versus their defense in the running game. This is where we need to come up big this week. We don't know if we're going to have Murray back. That's going to be a big question mark this you know this whole week. We're going to obviously be looking for that. I know all Titans fans will. Will Murray be back? But I think even if Murray comes back, loosen them up with Henry. Start Henry and just use him as a battering ram. Loosen up this uh, front seven because they are a very good defense. There's no question about it. Seattle has a very good defense. So... Use used uh, Henry's size and power to loosen up this front seven. Then, if Murray's healthy, then bring Murray in and just let him do work and, and let him, um, you know, f- really get great drives going, big runs going, and, and really um, get after this Seattle defense. That's what I would like to see in this game. It's going to be hard though. They, you know, they have a very good front seven. Uh, it's a very good defense overall. Run defense is probably the you know the weaker point for them on defense, but it's still an excellent run defense. It's, it's going to be tough sledding, um, but it's not something that you know like we saw in that Raider game where we just you know get rid of the running plays altogether. We need to set the tone. We need to hit them in the mouth and let them know that we're still going to run the ball. This isn't you know we're not afraid to run the ball against them. We're going to run the ball against them and get first downs. Um, and I think the best way to start out is just Henry and just 
punch him right in the mouth with, with uh, Derrick Henry. I think we've always expected that to happen, and, and obviously you go with the better player being the starter, the veteran with being DeMarco Murray, but ever since we acquired Derrick Henry, we've always wanted to start out with Derrick Henry, bruise their guys up a little bit, then put DeMarco Murray, put him in for the kill, but we haven't really done that yet. It's kind of been the other way around. Well, what kept uh, Henry off the field early was his pass protection wasn't quite up to uh, par, so that's what kept him from getting the extra reps and he's obviously improved on that and they trust him a lot more at this point i i think that you will start seeing that switch where you've got the power back and the speed back in there after him it just happens that henry's also you know fast too but th- you're right that they need to start that way because a solid front seven like this you've got to be physical with them you've got to get them trying to overextend over chase over pursue and go downhill and then murray somebody who comes in there who's a one cut back He's going to cut that back where everybody's flowing to the uh, to the hole where he's headed, and then he's going to cut it back and be gone. So that will work really well if Murray is really healthy and ready to go. I, I completely agree that that's the way I'd rather them attack this because that whole Seattle defense is as much about the scheme as it is anything else. And I don't think their secondary is as good as it used to be, but they're still pretty good, and you're going to have to get ready for those safeties. So putting somebody like Henry in there who will force those safeties down, that's going to open up the passing game, let Marcus throw over the top of him. And that's kind of my key to this. Marcus has got to have a chance to throw deep on this uh, secondary if we're going to make space to run. It's, it's going to be a really good matchup. And I, I hope that the second half against the Jaguars is what we're looking at coming into this game, not the first half. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I think that stretching them out, getting those safeties out of the box with the passing game, um, is going to open up a lot of lanes in the running game. Uh, but definitely a da- very dangerous secondary to throw the ball against. It all comes down to it. When when you look at their defense, they have playmakers all over the field. I think their front seven is probably stronger than their secondary, but they have one of the best safeties in the league with Earl Thomas. But I think the key for us to accomplish you know, a win in this game, we do have to set up the run early. But what really is going to open it up for us is the pass. I think Delaney Walker and I think Corey Davis are going to have big games this week. We definitely have to get both guys on the ground early in order to open all that up. Yeah, this is not the Legion of Boom anymore. It, it, Earl being back there, they have Sherman. That That's pretty much their secondary right now. The, re- the rest of the group back there has kind of been rotating through. And so against the run, they're still a really stout secondary. Against the pass, there's an opportunity there. And Marcus likes to take his shots. But what you saw in this game, and you see a lot from Marcus, is when he throws his deep ball, only his receiver can get to it. He has to make sure that's the case you know, against this secondary, too. Our receivers tend to have to lay out to get to his ball. It's not just because he's got a much, much stronger arm than people give him credit for. It's because he's put the ball where... Only his receiver can get there, and his receiver's having to kill himself to get it. It takes away your yards after catch, but it also gets rid of those interceptions on the deep ball, which is really important, especially against an opportunistic defense like this. So if if they can have some success throwing the ball and have any kind of a run-pass balance, then it opens up this defense, and you, you can attack it however you want to at that point. But if they come out there and they don't have early success throwing the ball and they can't get Henry going against that front seven, it's going to be a really long game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, limiting mistakes is going to be a key in this game, uh, like you were touching on. But, uh, Matt, what's your X factor when we're on offense? 
I mean, like I said, we got to establish the run game early, and that's going to open up our pass. We're only going to get really where we need to be through the air. I, I don't think that um, we're going to have great success on the ground. I was just thinking about this while Glenn was talking. You know, I already mentioned Delaney Walker and uh, Corey Davis, but this just seems to me like it's going to be a big game for uh, Rashard Matthews. I don't think necessarily Sherman's going to get put on him. I think Sherman's probably going to maybe go to Corey Davis if we go to him early. Wh- whoever the hot hand is early, I think, is where Richard Sherman is going to follow. But we got to establish our kind of football, and that's running the ball. And although I don't think we're going to have a lot of success on the ground, that's going to open up everything else. All right, looking at the other side of the football, when our defense is on the field against their rushing attack, their rushing attack, their entire offense really has been stagnant, but their rushing attack has been bad. I look for us to put a lot of pressure on this offense early and keep it there. I imagine Dick Wilbo will, will fire up a lot of blitzes this week and put a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson, as well as this backfield. You know, they, they've had trouble keeping Lacey on the field. Their backups haven't been effective. Even when Lacey's been on the field, he hasn't really been truly effective. We're going to tee off on this big time, I think, in this game. We're going to look to shut down the run completely. Really, you know, you know, again, try to limit what Russell Wilson can do on the ground because obviously he's going to be a threat. So I think you're going to see a lot of blitzes and a lot of stuff coming off the edge that's going to force Russell Wilson to stay where he's at rather than, you know, charge upfield. Because um, you, you do want to get after the quarterback, obviously, but when you have a guy that's this dangerous on the run, you also want to make sure that he doesn't have the ability to escape upfield uh, to pick up the first downs with his legs. So I don't think that rushing really is going to be a problem for us to shut down their rush attack because, I mean, it's been stagnant all year against defenses that I don't think are as good as, sorry, defenses that aren't as good as ours in stopping the run. You know, we have a pretty solid rush defense, actually, so we need to get in there and shut it down quick, shut it down early. And this is going to be helped out a lot by what our offense can do. If our offense can put points on the board early and make Russell Wilson try to win it, you know, I think that's going to be to our benefit. But obviously, um, I think we're definitely going to win this matchup. Just the keys for me, get in those gaps, make tackles is the big one make those tackles wrap up and tackle no more of this you know diving at ankles and i'll let you guys have the excuse for corners even though that i hate it because i played corner and i didn't dive at shoelaces but for safeties you don't have that excuse for linebackers you definitely don't have that excuse hit them in the waist wrap up and tackle uh, and get in those gaps but i don't think it's going to be a big problem for us to stop their rushing attack the deal with russell wilson is he's by far a better quarterback than either of the guys we've played so far. Uh, well, I can't say far better than Carr, but he's more dangerous than Carr. Like you said, he, he can get out and move around, and if your pass rush gets too aggressive, he'll just step up through the hole and take off on you. And what that does is it extends plays, and that's what's going to get our secondary in trouble. This test, you know, it's not going to be Bortles out there getting his garbage time touchdowns. It's not going to be the Raiders' attack, which turned out to be a lot more run-heavy, and I don't think we were prepared for that on defense. The Seahawks don't have the ground game to come out and batter us like that, so they're going to have to go to the air. They're going to have to move Russell around, which is why you're going to see our our front seven tee off on them. And then you you got to contain them. You need somebody for a spy or something like that. You can't let a guy like C.J. Procise get loose because Russell will hit him where Bortles missed uh, his guys, whenever they would do that. 
So we've got to have some kind of a deep contain for Russell coming out of the pocket and extending plays. But our, I'd say our number one key is going to be limiting the yards after catch. You know, keep the guy in front of you, keep him in contact. So if he does catch the ball, because Russell can get it in there, you get him down right away. Uh, that that tackling has always been our problem uh, for I don't know how long on this defense now. So if you can't stay in contact with the receiver and you can't keep him in front of you so that you can make a good tackle, you can see a bunch of plays that just get broken loose and guys getting upfield. Our man coverage isn't quite that good. Our zone coverage is a little bit too loose and guys don't always hit their tackles. I I think we can win this matchup because we, we can stop them from running the ball, but there's going to be that big play potential there for sure. I mean, you guys basically nailed it on the head. I, I think the key to this game is the fact that we need to score points because I think our defense can keep their offensive check, but it all starts with our D-line and our linebackers. Obviously, tackling is the biggest issue, but causing pressure, which I think we'll be able to do against their pretty bad offensive line. And again, we don't even know if Jimmy Graham's going to be playing this game. He was injured yesterday. But I think if we can keep them in front of us, like Glenn said, we have a great chance of winning this. And they have good receivers on this team. But again, like Glenn said, if we keep these guys in front of us, I think we'll be able to shut them down. Our defense, I think, can hang with the, with their offense. It's a matter of us being able to put points up on the board. And it's going to be tough running on these guys, like we've already said it, but it really does start there. We have to play our game. What is your prediction um, for the Seahawks matchup as they come to Nashville? I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. I'll say 14-10. to 10. I say we win a close one, 24-21. I also, Matt, had it a pretty low-scoring game. I have it 17-13 with Tennessee winning, and I'm assuming that's what you guys had as well, Tennessee winning. Yeah, 17-13 was my original guess, but I was like, okay, something's going to bust loose. I went and moved it up. Well, you know, it's going to be a slow defensive matchup. That's why, you know, the running game is always going to be important. Limiting what Russell Wilson can do is obviously going to be important, but I think we have, and, you know, obviously you guys do too, I think we have a really good chance to get a win here. I don't think this Seattle team is quite what it was a few years ago uh, and should be a win for us. Um, but that's all the show that we have this week. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks to my awesome co-hosts. You can find the show on Twitter at TTU podcast. You can find me on Twitter at the Ryan Moreland uh, and Matt and Glenn. You guys can give your Twitters. It's really hard to remember at Matt Necron at two, the number two toe in Hollywood. So fucking complicated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, and obviously you can find us on Facebook at, at Two Tone um, Uncensored. You can find our website www.ttupodcast.com where you can find all the shows, all kinds of cool stuff that we put up there. So definitely keep a lookout for that. And as always, have a good week this week. Let's go Titans and tighten up. Don't let Ryan fool you. There are three W's in www. Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook.